watching uh, by social media and thankful for everyone that's here today. Amen. Do we have any birthdays? Brother Mitch. Tomorrow I'll be 60. It doesn't hurt. No, I don't. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. Happy birthday. Anniversaries. that we're giving. Anyone have any announcements? Miss Kathy? Of course, there won't be any Sunday. No Sunday, yeah, no Bible study tonight. You know, keep Fred and Mary both in our in their prayers, too. Yes. Okay, well, nothing else. Let's stand. Let's turn to him. 597. We gather together. We gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. He chastens and hastens His will to make known the wicked oppression now sees from distressing. Sing praises to His name. He forgets not His own. Be Guide us to guide us, our God will with us joining, ordaining, maintaining His kingdom divine. So from the beginning, the fight we were winning, the Lord was at our side, all glory be thine. We all Mitch, would you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Sure. Our Father in God, we are so blessed. Lord, thank you so much for your mercy, for your grace, for your love. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, for my sins. Lord, I am so grateful that now I no longer have to look into the flames And see that as my future, but rather paradise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, I ask your blessing upon this service this morning. Touch every heart, every mind. Lord, draw us closer to you and help us, Lord, to look at all the blessings that you've given us and to give you thanks. There are so many things going on in the world today that brings our focus onto negative things. That's what the devil wants us to focus on is all the bad that's happening. But, Lord, you said whatever is lovely, (laughs) uh, these things, whatever is holy, focus on those things. Lord, help us to live the way you want us to live, looking up, not around us, but looking to you for all things. Bless us this morning that we may be a blessing. In Jesus' name, our Father. Art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Be seated. Okay, let's turn our hymn note. Yes. Sure. It's all, almost worth it. Praise the Lord, yeah. I'm happy. I got chocolate. <laughs> Hymn number 574 I'm Bound for the Promised Land.
I take across thy shadow or my abiding place. I ask no other sunshine than the sunshine of his face. Higgins, do you come up and give us our meditation? The title of the reading this morning is, Is Anything Real? Can you imagine sometimes going to the store and you buy something, you wonder if this really real, is this really the name of this product? We live in a society that seems more and more to be dominant by imitations. What appears to be a wooden furniture often turns out to be plywood com- converted by a thin veneer of real wood. Look at the labels in the grocery store and you see ev- it everywhere. Fruit juices may have fruit far down the list of the ingredients, if at all. The words artificial flavor and color and commonplace are commonplace. We see the same thing in other areas of our lives. We have become so accustomed to hypocrisy and deception that if we're not careful, we can become jade and cynical. We aren't even surprised anymore when, when political figures, celebrities, or even religious leaders are revealed to have engaged in multiple affairs. When we hear pending legislation discussed on the news, the accounts vary so widely that we are left wondering if either side is telling the truth. Is anything real anymore? Can we believe in anything? What about the story of Jesus? Did that really happen? Or some scholars would have us to believe was the Jesus that lived and walked to the, on the earth radically different from the Jesus portrayed in the Bible. That's really a complex question that cannot be adequately answered in a couple of minutes today. But let me leave you with one fact to consider. Whatever happened to Jesus... His immediate apostles believed in him so much that they were willing to die horrible deaths rather than renounce the faith they had. These men who had been with Jesus touched him, talked with him, listened to him teach, and all said in with one voice, He is the real thing. He is what he claimed to be, the Son of God. When we take the Lord's Supper... We affirm our conviction that not only that Jesus lived, but that he still lives, and that because of him, we too still live forever. We too will live forever. We remember his death, but only so that we can say that with Thomas, my Lord, my God. John 20, 28. Is Jesus real? If he isn't, then nothing is real. Mm -hmm. But because Jesus is real... You and I are also real, and we have the promise that we will be with him forever and ever. We do know for one thing that Jesus is real, and we take of these emblems this morning. That is real. We're representing his body and the blood he shed upon Calvary's cross. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful Lord's Day that we can assemble in your house to meet around your tables to take to remember what you <clears throat> went to the cross and died for our sins and dear Lord we pray that as we take of these emblems this morning 
This loaf represents our Lord and Savior's broken body, and this cup represents the blood that he shed there upon Calvary's cross. That, dear Lord, we do know that this is real, and that we do know that someday that we'll live with him forever and ever. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Let's take a few moments to commune with God, clear our mind and our hearts out, concentrate on what we're about to partake in. When the apostles were gathered together with Jesus to have their last Passover supper spent together, Christ instituted what we're partaking in today. He took the bread and broke it, gave it to his disciples and told them to take and eat this. This is my body. Let's all partake. In like manner, Jesus passed the wine, the juice representing his blood that was soon to be shed upon the cross for the remission of our sins. Let us all partake. Let's stand for the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. to number 570, The Sweet By and By. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar, for the Father waits over the way. To prepare us the dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore We shall sing on that beautiful shore the melodious songs of the blessed And our spirits shall sorrow no more Not a sigh for the blessings of rest In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by shall meet on that beautiful shore to our bountiful Father above we will offer our tribute of praise for the glorious gift of his love and the blessing 
blessings and hallow our days in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore brother Mitch you're up Amen. Well, good morning. Praise the Lord. And I tell you what, I, I literally feel like I've been resurrected from the dead. <laughs> there were a couple of days I wished my head would just explode and get it over with. Uh, but while I had to, still had a temperature, I tested myself for COVID and I tested negative. So just a sinus infection, but you know, those can be real fun too. <laughs> I'm sure everybody would sign up to get one, right? <laughs> oh, well, praise the Lord. Uh, you know, we also want to keep uh, Penny and Marvin as well as Fred and, and uh, Mary in our thoughts. They too have been uh, going through COVID, so this is uh Continuing on, we last week we would have talked about uh, uh, the Jesus calming the storm, uh, which shows that He has authority, sovereignty over nature. And today we continue on as He deals with demons and, and demonic uh, obsession and just demonized a demonized person. So. In Mark chapter 5, we'll read the first pericope. So let me read and then we'll get into it. They went across the lake to the, regions, uh, to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit or an unclean spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and, and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man, and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis, that's the ten cities, how much Jesus had done for him. 
And all the people were amazed. Wow. Miracle after miracle. Jesus calms the storm just by commanding it. Now he cast out these demons in this man just by a command. That's power. That's power. Now, first of all, what is this demonized man? Well, he's a person who had, however, opened himself up to a demon. Now, he may have invited this demon at one point. We know uh, from some of the stories that Herman tells us that people go uh, in, in some of these third world countries. When he goes over to Indonesia, he often encounters people who have been to the witch doctor to get a cure for their illness. Uh, and what they often do is they bless <laughs> an object, which is really a curse, and then they put it inside the person's skin. And this is like a talisman. And when that witch doctor speaks to the demons, he asks a demon to enter that object, then puts it in the person. And when that person then feels better from what they have, but shortly after that, they get something worse. <laughs> And then they go back to the witch doctor. And every time they go, by the way, they have to pay him. Okay? So this is a trick. The devil offers solutions. For example, you want so bad to get a promotion that you're willing to even sell your soul for it. <laughs> the devil will make a deal with you. I can make sure that you get that position, but you must serve me. Okay. Be surprised how many people make that kind of agreement and they don't even realize that's what they're doing. They have no clue because they don't have a spiritual sense. They don't have the spiritual discernment to know what's evil and what's good. And that is sad. There's more and more people in our world today that are demonized. Here in America even, we see it. All these people that are out on the streets fighting, wanting to kill people. Why do you think that is? That's not normal behavior. They have opened themselves up to demon obsession, demon possession, uh, whatever you want to call it. They're demonized and they're dealing with devils and making agreements with them. And that allows the demons to use these people to accomplish their will instead of their own. This man was unable to stop himself from doing these evil things. That's what this scripture implies. Is that he had no control anymore. He was completely under the control of these demons that were in him. Now, take for example. They put chains on his arms and his legs. And like the Hulk. <laughs> he just rips them off. Breaks them. Superhuman strength. You ever watch one of them foreign movies where people are flying around doing karate and, and uh, people try to stab them with a sword and they can't? Guess what? Those things really happen. We've had people here in this, right here in this church to testify to these things. This demoniac, as he's referred to here in the scripture... He couldn't help himself. That's why he went out and lived among the tombs. Now, in, in ancient uh, ways of thinking, the demons lived among the tombs where the dead were. Uh, and who knows? There may be some truth to that. There may not be. I don't know. But that was the thought of the day. And I know that apparently there's still some people who think that way because... I hear of young people sometimes going, to, uh, going out to cemeteries to watch for spirits. <laughs> I, okay, <laughs> good luck with that. <clears throat> what are you going to do if you see one? Run! <laughs> uh, but it says that he even cut himself. What do demons do? They come to steal. They stole his life to kill 
and to destroy. They're destroying this man little by little, hoping that they can get the most suffering out of this human being before he dies. That's the ultimate goal, is to kill him and take him to hell, take his soul to hell. That's their goal. That's what demons do in our world today. That's never changed. Jesus Christ said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he doesn't say that the world has changed to where there's no demons anymore either. But a lot of people think, well, that's just hocus-pocus stuff. It doesn't really happen. Well, I'm sorry. It happened in the Bible, so why wouldn't it happen today? Someone explain that, please. Since things haven't changed... Here we have this demon who recognized who Jesus was right off the bat. He came out of the caves, out of the tombs, ran straight up and prostrated himself before Jesus and called him as screaming as loud as he could. Son of the Most High God, promise in the name of God. That you will not torture me. Now, they're trying to trip Jesus up here. They're trying to make a big deal out of who Jesus is in front of all the people that are witnessing this, including his disciples. It's not a good thing to be recognized by a demon. In the sense that they recognized that he was God and that he had the power to, to do something to them, that's a good thing. But in that they were testifying to who he is, that's not a good thing. Where do demons come from? Come on. Hell. And who's the leader of hell? And Satan is the father of what? Lies. So can you believe what a demon says? They belong to the father. Their father is a liar. And that's all he ever does is lie. He never tells the truth. You can't believe what a demon says. So it's not necessarily a good thing that they're shouting out who he is. It could even make a challenge for him at some point saying, Well, the demons worshipped you. <laughs> so we, ha- you know, we have to look at all of this from all angles, from all sides. And Jesus then had told him to come out, you evil or unclean spirit. Now, the word in the original language is more closely related to being unclean than to the word evil. But it basically means the same thing. They couldn't eat certain foods because they were unclean. Guess what? One of them was pigs. So here's a herd of pigs, which means that one of two things. Either Jesus is in Gentile territory, where it's okay to have pigs, which is most likely the case, or these Jews are doing against their own belief system, which is a possibility. But most likely, in the area where he was, it was actually a Gentile area, and this was most likely a Gentile man who was from that Gentile area. But Jesus comes and has mercy on him. Now, why do you think Jesus chose this man? Does it or does it not show the power of God by casting these demons out? You know, a legion can be as many as a thousand. Some people say many as 10,000. Now, I don't know how big a demon is. They must be really small. Uh, (laughs) You get that many in a person. But... Here's the thing. They were totally in control of this man. He, he went around naked. Now, what does that say about how a lot of people dress today? <laughs> you know, because it says that he was in his right mind. <laughs> so people who go around, you know, semi-naked apparently aren't in their right mind. Uh, or they have demons. One or the other. <laughs> or both, yes. So... Here, this man, after the demons asked permission, isn't that great? They had to ask permission from Jesus. They couldn't do anything on their own. They asked, well, can we go into the pigs? Oh, yeah, they're unclean anyway. I don't even like them around me. 
go ahead. <laughs> and they all run and dive in and die. You know, I've always pictured this in my mind, that there's a cliff. And they just run off the cliff <laughs> and go down into the water. Now, you know, a pig wouldn't do that of its own accord. They just don't behave that way. They're smarter than that, somewhat, anyway. But with the help of the demons, influence who come to kill, steal, and destroy. Now, these pigs, says, was about 2,000. Does that mean there were 2,000 demons? No, not necessarily. One demon caused all the pigs to run in. But there's more than one. We know that because it says so. We are many. So there actually is more than three. We are many. I can't imagine. I mean, all of us have been tempted at some time to do something we know we shouldn't, right? Raise your hand if if you've been tempted before. Praise God, we're all saved because we realize we we sin. (laughs) Uh, You know, and... Just think, that's the influence of a demon. It, here's the simple way I like to think of it. It's Looney Tunes theology. You remember the angel on one shoulder and the demon on the other? Yeah, no, you want to. Oh, don't do it, don't do it. You yeah, know you want to. No, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> the angel and the demon. Well, there's some truth to that, folks. God has sent angels... To watch over us. He also gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all righteousness. The devil sends demons to guide us into filthiness and sin. Think about that. If we could see into the spirit realm around us, first of all, we'd probably all have a heart attack and die because it would scare us to death. But if we could see all the demons and all the angels that's floating around us, we would probably fall to our knees and cry out, God help me. Which is what we should do anyway, without having to see it because we're aware that that's the way it is. This demoniac had no way of delivery until Jesus came. These people that are... Uh, obsessed with demonic things, these people that are demonized and live a life uh, according to what the devil's philosophy and teaching is, instead of God's way, these people are playing with fire, literally. And if they don't repent, they will get burnt, literally. (laughs) Here's the thing. Unless we come to Jesus when we realize we are sinners, where, do, where does sin come from? Come on. Where, from hell. Yeah, from Satan. Satan is the tempter. He's the accuser. He accuses you of something before God. Then he tempts you to do it. Then after you do it, then he goes and tells on you for doing it. And then comes back and tells you you're awful for doing it. <laughs> and tries to make us feel like life's not worth living. I ought to just kill myself. Anybody besides me ever been there? Wanted to die? Without Jesus, life has no purpose, no meaning. With Christ, all things are possible. With Christ, life has purpose. Our purpose is to serve and obey God. We are looking forward to going to a kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom has rules, and it has a ruler. The rules are the Ten Commandments, and they've been narrowed down in the New Testament to two commandments, but it's still, they include all of the Ten Commandments, or at least nine of the commandments, and the principles behind those are taught in love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, And love and strength and love thy neighbor as thyself. That encompasses those commandments that are still pertinent to today. The only one that's not really pertinent for us today is the one about the Sabbath on Saturday. We have a Sabbath. Today is it. But it originally is on the seventh day. Not the first day of the week. First day of the week is when Jesus resurrected from the dead. It became 
the Lord's day. That's why we worship on Sunday instead of Saturday. The Jewish people who are Messianic Jews, they worship on both days. They keep their customs and traditions of their people and to honor their culture. And then they honor Jesus by worshiping on Sunday. It doesn't mean they're not worshiping Jesus on Saturday. <laughs> but these people who are without Christ are open to demonic possession. We call it, but demonized is a better uh, a better word to use because possession is a thing that no one can prove one way or the other. But being influenced by them, we all know that happens because we've all experienced it. This man had no control, so in a, he, apparently he was possessed. He could not control himself. He could not help it. They could not bind him. He couldn't get, you know... They, He couldn't go home. He couldn't go around people. He didn't want to be around people. He wanted to be around the dead. Demonization is bad. There is power. Demons have power. It's real. It's nothing to play with. But when we encounter demonized people, as a child of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, and been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We've been also, Jesus said, that he gave us the ability to overcome. He gave us the ability, the authority in his name, not our own authority, not our own name, but in his name, we can command a demon to come out of a person just like he did. And they must obey. Not because of you and me, but because of Jesus. Do you realize that every time you say the name of Jesus, everything in hell quakes? When we use his name in the right way, when we're worshiping him, when we are using his name appropriately, when we're using his authority, all of hell shakes and quakes. They fear Jesus just like this demoniac did. He come and fell down before him and asked permission Will you please let us go into the pigs, not cast us out of this area? Why did he want to stay in that area? Because the people there were not saved. So they felt they had another place to go. They could go get in somebody else and use them. They didn't want to leave and go to a place where God was. They didn't want to go to a place where Jesus had become known because they could do nothing there. You know... uh, John Ramirez, a man who was a high priest for the devil and now is a minister for Jesus Christ. He used to talk about how he would travel in the spirit, ethereal traveling. And he said he could kill people in the spirit. He could go and do things, put curses on people and kill them. But he said he was traveling. He said he could travel all around the world. His spirit would leave his body. And he was coming into a town that he felt like he could cause some harm there. That was his purpose, his goal. And as he come into this town, floating in the spirit, there was a group of people around holding hands. And as he got close, he heard that they were praying to Jesus. And he could do nothing. He tried to cast spells after spell after spell. Just bounced off. He could do nothing. That's when he began to realize he was serving the wrong God. There is one more powerful. His name is Jesus. His father's name is Yahweh. They they refer to him in the Jewish uh, vernacular as Hashim. The name. <laughs> They're afraid to say his name to this day. But it's amazing that after this man is delivered, after Jesus cast the demon out of him, he wanted to go with Jesus. I mean, can you imagine? All, we don't know how many years he had been in this condition. Can you imagine the misery 
to have no control over your own actions and your own body. Somebody that you love comes up to you and you want to hurt them. Can you imagine that? The torment that this man would have been going through on the inside, running around naked. In his mind, in his person, in his spirit, he didn't want to be this person. He didn't want to be this way. But he has no control. He allowed the demons to take over and he didn't know how to stop it. He didn't know Jesus. He didn't know that in the name of Jesus he could get rid of the demons himself. He had no idea. But Jesus came and delivered this man from that. And he was so grateful. He wanted to go with him. Oh, let me go with you, Master. I'll I'll, I'll go anywhere you go. I'll do anything you tell me to do. And Jesus said, no, you'll do more good here. You've been away from your family for so many years. Go home. Go home and be with your family. And testify to them. What God has done for you. Now folks. When the people came and saw this man. Who they were used to. Being afraid of. (laughs) And now all of a sudden. He's sitting here in his right mind. He's got his clothes on. And he's talking to him. And just like a normal person. Because he was. They're amazed by this. But then they hear the story of what happened to how this came about and then what happened to the pigs. And they were so upset about the pigs, they didn't want him around anymore. They were more afraid of Jesus than they were of the man who had been a demoniac. He stayed around, but Jesus, they tell him, get out of here. We don't want you here. Can you imagine that? Here he had just done this great thing and set one of their own people free. From the bondage that he was in from these demons. And the people are looking and saying, Ah, we we don't want this here. No wonder those demons wanted to stay there, folks. They had these people already duped to think, This is the way it's supposed to be. How many people in America today live that way? Thinking, no matter how bad it is, that's just the way it's supposed to be. We have no control. We can't change it. We can't do anything. We can. We can't change things, but we know someone who can. When we obey what he says, God, we begin to make change. One person at a time. One person at a time. We make the world a better place. One person at a time. Look, Jesus delivered one man in this community. Do you think that man did not preach the gospel to those people day after day after day after day after being in bondage for so long and now he's so happy to be delivered? He lives differently than they do. He thinks differently than the rest of those people do. He is excited about Jesus and what he did. So he is sharing his testimony moment by moment, day by day, going from person to person. Say, hey, this ain't right. Don't live like that. Don't let these demons beat you up. Jesus is able to deliver you. Come to Christ. Come to Christ. Confess him. And you can be cleansed of your sins. And you don't have to feel rotten all the time anymore. You can be filled with the joy That comes from knowing Jesus and having his Holy Spirit living in you. Oh, do you know that joy? Do you have that joy in your heart? Do you experience Jesus every moment of every day? Oh, does that mean we won't sin? No. But the more we focus on him, the less likely we are to sin. We will sin less When we spend more time focusing on him and the the good things that he has given us, the promises that he has given us, we know that he fulfills his promises because his word shows us that everything he said would happen has happened to this point. So the things that have not yet happened, we know they will because God is honest. His word is truth. And he says... The joy of the Lord is our strength. How's your strength? It's measured by how your joy is. Oh, we got to learn to live in the spirit. 
We've got to learn to live in that joy. Does that mean we will never be upset? No. Does that mean that we'll never get sick? No. Does it mean we'll have a new car sitting in the driveway? No. I'm not talking about prosperity gospel. I'm talking about the word of God. I'm talking about how we live in, in our inner man or inner woman. How we live and we, instead of interpreting everything and saying how bad it is, we look to Jesus and how good he is. That's the way we have to live. That's the way we overcome all of the things this world is trying to destroy. The way Satan is trying to destroy through this world. We have to look to God and to his promises and hold on to that. Smile and move forward. In Jesus' name. If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord and come as we sing, Brother Wayne. Invitation hymn will be number 564. Face to face. Y'all stand, please. <laughs> face to face with Christ, my Savior. Face, what will it be when with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ, who died for me? Face to face I shall behold him far beyond the starry sky. shall see him by and by. Only faintly now I see him with a darkling veil between. But a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen. starry sky face to face in all his glory I shall see him by and by what rejoicing in his presence when our banished grief and pain and the dark they shall be plain face to face I shall behold him far beyond the starry sky face to face in all his glory I shall see Christ who loves me so face to face I shall behold him far beyond the starry sky face to face in all his glory I shall see Be seated, please. Brother Mitch, you have anything you want to announce to all of us? Well, I just want to say thank you all for the gift.
appreciate your prayers too while I was uh, while I was under mm. the weather. That's what got me through. I could feel your prayers. So thank you. I appreciate it very much. And uh, like I said, I feel like I've literally been resurrected from the dead because oh, I couldn't do anything. My head hurt me so bad I couldn't think. I've missed uh, four or five classes now of my Hebrew stuff. I got a lot of catching up to do, so pray about that. Take us home in the, with the word, word of prayer. I think I can do that. Right. I've done it once before. <laughs> All right. Well, God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for being here with us again this morning. Thank you that you never leave us. You never forsake us. Help us to never leave or forsake you. I was to live looking up, looking at you and at all that you've given us instead of the things we don't have or the things that we can't get. We have you and that's enough. Fill us with you and get our minds filled with heaven and not let the devil cause us to focus on all the negative things. We need to be aware of them, but we don't need to make them our focus. You are our focus. Let it be in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have our closing hymn, 583, God be with us. God be with you till we meet again. By his counsels, God up.